We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to the Wire Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. Filling in for James Seltzer today, I am Jake Letarski, joined today by Benny Riccardi. If you're out there on Twitter, you can give Benny a follow at BennyR11. You can follow me on Twitter at Jakeski52. Benny, how's it going today? Yeah, not too bad. I am uh, actually had a rough time looking over the slate today. We got a lot of these prospect pitchers that are starting to get called up right now a couple names that i know a couple names that i didn't but a couple intriguing guys to take a look at yeah especially guys like uh the twins guy barreos and um and uh, manea is going to be starting up here pretty soon uh, yeah for friday yep. so lots of major mm-hmm. league debuts guys that we've been hearing about for quite a long time and uh hopefully we can kind of try to gauge what the price will be and and, and determine their viability for tomorrow yeah, it's uh, you know, a couple of them I think are in decent spots. A couple of them are guys that I'm putting on the back burner for maybe their second or third start because they have rough, uh, rough matchups in their first their first try here in the majors. But like I said, it's it's interesting. It adds another layer to the analysis that we got to look at. Yeah, absolutely, guys. You want to kind of jump on in your season long formats, but can afford to take a wait and see approach in daily just to uh, you know, so you're not damaged too much uh, to start off here. 
let's get going with the Friday slate for Friday, April 29th here. Uh, we do have one day game. It's the uh, it's the Braves at the Cubs. Uh, it looks like Blair against uh, Aaron Blair against John Lester here. Um, you know, there's not going to be too many slates uh, going on with that game. Anything to take note of in this one? Well, I mean, Blair is one of those guys that just got called up. I think this is going to be his second big league start. You know, it's not an easy spot for him if you're playing in an early game. He's going up against that Chicago offense that has been just murdering the ball. A lot of left-handed bats in that offense to go up against Blair, who's the righty. So, you know, definitely going to be one of those guys that you might want to take a look at for season long, but I don't think this is the day to start him in daily. And then Lester going up against that Atlanta offense. That Atlanta offense has been pretty bad. So if you are playing an early slate, I definitely think Lester is a viable option too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the Braves have been a target all year long for uh, for de- opposing pitchers in daily. Freeman struggled quite a bit without having anybody to protect him in the lineup there. And, of course, uh, the injury to in- Inciarte only made him a little bit weaker. You know, they're, they're starting Jeff Frank Coor on a regular basis. So gives you a little something to say about the Braves here. But, Let's get into the uh, the evening slate, the main slate. You don't have to get that lineup in too early. Uh, so we've got uh, the White Sox and Carlos Rodon against Mike Wright and the Orioles. Both of these pitchers, uh, you know, it's very early, but have ERAs over four. I'd imagine once we see an over-under, it'll be a little bit higher, especially over at Camden Yards. Uh, you got anything you're targeting in here, mostly hitters? Yeah, I think hitters is the way you want to go. I like the fact that this game's in Camden Yards, pretty good hitters ballpark. I like a lot of these bats on the Orioles. This offense came out on fire, has kind of cooled off a little bit lately. But you got a lot of right-handed bats that they could throw against Rodon in this one. You got guys like Adam Jones and Trumbo. Um, you know, Machado's right-handed, even though he actually does better in righty-on-righty matchups. Uh, Joey Ricard leading off for them. And then even Chris Davis is a guy who's been known to hit a couple home runs off a, off a left-handed pitcher as well, especially at home in Baltimore. So I think you can kind of stack up some of those bats against Rodon. I think the Baltimore is going to score some runs. And then Wright's not really all that great of a pitcher on the other side either. But I just really don't like that Chicago White Sox offense. I guess you can look at Adam Eaton, left-handed bat on top. He should do pretty well against Wright. Uh, Jose Abreu is good in righty on righty situations, but he's only batting like 200 this year. So I love the pitching on the White Sox for this season. I don't like the bats. I think that's going to be their weakness. So as much as I'd like to target against right, I don't really see a lot of guys that are jumping out at me. Yeah, exactly. Now, a player on the Orioles side that kind of is in a similar situation as Abreu is Adam Jones. He's coming out to the season, of course, was a little bit banged up early on. He's hitting under the Mendoza line, 196 through his first 61 plate appearances here. Uh, I mean, he's sitting at only 2600 on FanDuel the day before. So, I mean, if he's in the twenty six to $2,800 range, you got to imagine he's in for a breakout sooner or later, right? Yeah, and he's a guy that usually hits left-handed pitching over his career very well. So if there's going to be a spot that you want to use him at home against a lefty is probably when you want to try to roll him out there. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's move on to the uh, next game, another uh, 7.05 Eastern first pitch here. That is between the Indians, who send Corey Kluber to the mound, and the Phillies, who are going to go with uh, with Adam Morgan, it looks like here. Now, Corey Kluber's off to a rough yard start to the season, 1-3 and three record. 4.67 ERA. Of course, some of those numbers can be taken with a grain of salt sometimes, but that's going to depress his price at least a little bit on FanDuel, hopefully. Is he someone you consider against the Phillies offense that you know can be a little bit light hitting at times? 
Oh, yeah, I definitely have Kluber on my short list. You know, it's obviously going to depend on pricing, and, and we don't have the pricing yet to say definitely going to be a guy I roll or not, but we know that he's a big-time pitcher. I mean, most season-long leagues, he was one of the top five to ten pitchers that were off the board, and I know he's had a little bit of a rough start, but I think he's going to eventually get it right and bounce back. You know, Philly's been a team that the offense really hasn't done all that much, so I'm not really looking at any of those Philly bats right now. I think I'd be more inclined to take Kluber if I was going to do anything here. And then Adam Morgan is another one of those young guys that just got called up. He was in the majors last year. Had had a couple decent starts in the majors for Philly last year. Uh, he's a left-handed guy, so going up against Cleveland, you know, you probably wouldn't be looking at the the Kipnisses and the and the Brantleys who just came back. You're probably looking more at guys like maybe a Mike Napoli or a, or a Carlos Santana who's been leading off for them. Um, or even a Francisco Lindor, who's been pretty cheap on most of the daily fantasy sites, batting in the three hole, and he's been he's been doing it, you know, doing it pretty well at a at a tough to fill shortstop position. He's a guy that I've been using to save some salary a lot. Really like him in the early going. So if he's not on your radar yet, you should probably start taking a look at him. Exactly right on, Benny. I think this is just a great buy low opportunity with uh, Kluber overall looking back. I mean, yeah, that four six seven ERA is a little bit scary, but backed up with a three oh seven FIP and three two one X FIP. So that's helping his case. It seems like he's gotten a little bit unlucky, only stranding 62% of base runners. And then, of course, you have the Phillies, who have the uh, eighth-highest strikeout rate in the league, striking out at a clip of almost 24% there. So, uh, so yeah, Kluber's going to be the guy most people are looking at. But like you said, there are some other options here. Now, uh, what about going on to Pittsburgh at PNC Park, where we've got another ace on the mound? Francisco Liriano will be facing Dan Straley and the Reds. I, I mean, a lot of people are going to have to choose here between Liriano and Kluber here. What, what do you think are the merits of Liriano for, for Friday? Well, he always pitches better at home, which is a good thing. Pittsburgh's a, a great pitcher's park, so him being at home is definitely a boost. And I also think he's probably going to be in line for the win because I think those Pittsburgh bats will be able to get some runs against Dan Straley, who's basically kind of like a middle reliever at this point in his career who – you know, they just needed because they got some injuries and they, they threw him into the starting lineup. So even if he is the starter, I don't see Straley really going more than five or six innings. It's probably going to turn into a bullpen game. And now that they lost the role as Chapman, there's nothing in that Cincy bullpen that scares me. So I think you can look at some of the bats on Pittsburgh here. And then Liriano, I mean, Vado actually hits pretty well in lefty-on-lefty matchups. Maybe some of the guys at the top of the order like Cozart and Suarez are okay, but once you get to like the fourth batter, after you get past you know Phillips, that Reds lineup is really, really weak. So there's going to be some strikeouts towards the bottom of that lineup for Liriano. How he handles the top of that order, who actually does hit left-handed pitching pretty well, those guys, Cozart and, and Suarez and Vado, who will be one, two, three, and even Phillips a little bit, who's been there cleaning up hitter lately. That'll really be what decides whether Liriano has a big-time start or you know, a, a much weaker start. And I think I'd actually rather take Kluber over him if I had the choice. Yeah, I think I would agree with that assessment. I, I mean, uh, yeah, the Reds, like you said, top of the order. Cozart, I believe, homered Wednesday night. Suarez has been a very nice surprise. But, yeah, if you had to pick between those two matchup-wise, I do like Kluber a little bit. I'm also uh, excited to see the Pirates' pricing maybe deflate a little bit after that three-game series at Coors Field earlier in the week. Even their fringe guys like Jordy Mercer was more than too low this week or mm-hmm. – David Freezes and those types of those types of players uh, should have the price deflate to kind of a normal normal level here a little bit. But uh, let's move on. I think this is the MLB Network featured game here. We've got the Yankees 
and the Red Sox, of course, uh, the storied rivalry here. Uh, we know a lot about what Tanaka brings to the mound for the Yankees here, but the Red Sox are sending kind of another one of those uh, guys that maybe not a prospect on the same elite level as if you were going to talk about later on the show, but have Henry Owens, nonetheless, uh, is a pretty well-known prospect here. Uh, but that being said, is, that some, is it a situation where you target someone like Tanaka, or are you looking more towards the bats in this game? You know, I, I don't mind Tanaka, but my big knock on him, and I'm a Yankees fan, so I've seen it plenty of times, he gives up a lot of solo home runs, which is a good thing. You know, you have no problem if a guy's giving up a home run and challenging hitters with nobody on base. So I do think that maybe a guy like Ortiz or Shaw or Hanley, some of the guys that have some power, might be in play here because I do think they tag him for at least one or two home runs. But I think they'll be like solo shots. So you might want to use some of the guys with power, not really looking to use any of the guys on Boston, you know, towards the top of the order, the Bogarts, the, you know, the Pedroyas. Uh, yeah, Mookie Betts is kind of in the middle on that. He's been pretty good lately. So I think you got to at least give him a consideration. I mean, this Boston offense has been hitting well. So I do think they'll get a couple runs off Tanaka, although, you know, I'm not expecting him to put up a huge number. Yeah. I actually, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I actually really like Owens on the other side. You know, I, I heard everything you said, and I agree with you. He's not a super prospect, but this Yankee team cannot hit left-handed pitching. You know, I think that's going to be a problem. So Owens could have a sneaky good start here. Yeah, I mean, Owens definitely has the numbers to prove it. I mean, the minor leagues uh, allowed opposing hitters less than 200 batting average, over 122 innings in 2015. And although he did struggle in his only uh, start in the majors this season, uh, had a couple good starts uh, with Pawtucket there for the Red Sox. So somebody... Yeah, absolutely worth keeping an eye on and someone that you'll be able to find at a potential you know, floor pricing and it would be possibly more of a tournament play, I, I would think, than, uh, than for your cash games there. But mm-hmm. I, I could see uh, the, the numbers adding up in, in favor of Owens here. Uh, we've got uh, another matchup here, 7-10 Eastern first pitch. That will be the Giants uh, with Jake Peavy on the mound. Uh, going to New York to play the Mets against Steven Matz here. Now, Matz uh, hasn't had the uh, the start to the season that many have hoped it, have been hoping. PV struggled even even more. I'd imagine the over-under is going to be a little bit uh, high on this game. Fortunately for the Mets, uh, they're targeting maybe getting Cespedes back for this game. So uh, are, are there any other bats that you might want to look at in this one? Yeah, I mean, this Mets lineup has been on fire lately. So you can look at a lot of these guys. Uh, last year, PV actually had reverse splits where right-handers did better against them. But for his career, he's been a guy who you usually wanted to take left-handed bats against. So I have no problem rolling out Granderson. I have no problem rolling out Conforto, who's been hitting third. Um, no problem rolling out. Let's see. You know, if Cespedes is in. He's good in righty-on-righty matchups. You know, David Wright will be in a two-hole. You got Neil Walker, who hit another home run last night. He's been hot for them. Uh, you know, Lucas Duda's got some power from the left side. So I'm all in on a lot of these Mets bats. I think they can put up a big number. And then even on the other side, uh, against Steven Matz, I think you can look at some of the right-handed bats against the lefties. So a guy like Buster Posey definitely in play. A guy like Hunter Pence is definitely in play for me. Uh, those would be the two main guys I'd be looking at on San Francisco. I just think it's a much softer matchup for these Mets bats, and they've been swinging well lately and hitting a lot of home runs too. So I definitely think I'm going to have some exposure to the Mets here. Yeah, I mean, and Giants left-handers might not be in play, so guys like Span, you maybe want to back off a little bit here and 
And yeah, Conforto's mm-hmm. just been on a tear, and his price is starting to catch up a little bit. I was seeing him in the thirty-five to thirty-eight hundred range recently, so I still think there's a decent chance he can hit value depending on where he's batting in the order. We'll see if he moves down a little bit if Cespedes does end up coming back, but that's always uh, just always makes it just as important as ever to go ahead and check out those starting lineups on RotoWire.com here. Well, let's move on to the Blue Jays and the Rays. Now, the Rays are sending a lefty, Drew Smiley, to the mound to go ahead and face the Jays and Aaron Sanchez. Now, the Blue Jays, obviously, over the last couple years, destroy left-handed pitching. Does that make Donaldson a lock here? Are you going to pay up for him? Yeah, I mean, his numbers against lefties are just elite. But you know what? Smiley's been pretty good, and Toronto actually, as a team, hasn't hit left-handed pitching well to start the year. Now, you and I both know, you look down at this roster— there's a whole bunch of guys that have mashed lefties for a long time. Incarnacion, Joey Batista, you know, even Troy Tulowitzki has always hit left-handed pitching well. So I think it's only a matter of time before they bounce back. But like I said, Smiley's a pretty good pitcher, so I don't think this is a very easy spot for them. I do think that they'll get a couple runs off them, but I don't think they're going to blow up for 8 or 10. Yeah, I, I'll be right there with you. So maybe not a, necessarily a stack, especially you want to save your Blue Jays stacks for days when it's really a sure thing because you will absolutely have to be paying up for it uh, in mm-hmm. a big-time way here. So, yeah, none of the pitchers jump out a ton at me, but, uh, you know, you might want to get at least a share of the game just to uh, have yourself covered here. Now, what about the Angels at the Rangers? We've got Hector Santiago on the mound for the Angels uh, going to Globe Life, of course, a very hitter-friendly ballpark, to face Colby Lewis. And the Rangers now. Uh, Colby Lewis, a you know a right-handed pitcher, uh, four starts so far this year has himself a three three eight ERA, one five zero WHIP, so allowing a decent amount of base runners here. Are there any hitters in this game that uh, you're looking to stack, or even pitchers in consideration? Yeah, I mean, I like Santiago a little bit here. He's a lefty. He's had a pretty good start to the season here, only a two seven ERA, couple wins. And he's going up against a lefty-heavy top of that Texas order. You know, they got the rookie, Nomar Mazzara, who's been hitting second. You got Prince Fielder, another lefty hitting third. Mitch Moreland hitting fifth. So that's three big bats, three of the biggest bats on the team that are all left-handed. I think if you're going to look at anybody against Santiago, you're probably looking at um, Adrian Beltre, who's the one guy who does hit left-handed pitching really well. He's been batting cleanup, so he's in the middle of the order. I think he's somebody in play. And then I would love to target guys against Colby Lewis, but this Angels offense is just so bad. So mm-hmm. Trout is always in play. Obviously, he's definitely somebody you can look at, even in righty-on-righty situations, 400 Woba, you know, 240-something ISO score. Definitely somebody you can look at. And then Pujols actually hits more of his home runs in righty-on-righty situations. So he could be another sneaky option, good hitter's ballpark down in Texas. But, but outside of them, I mean, there's really just not much on this Angels offense I like. Yeah, exactly. The Angels offense is, is really scary. You mentioned Trout with a with a weighted on base percentage right around 400. You know, as a team, the Angels weighted on base percentage is 288, and that is the second worst in the <laughs> entire league. Only the Braves have a worse weighted on base percentage since the start of the season. So, uh, you know, just imagine what that offense would be like if you took a guy like Trout out of it. Of course, uh, any offense that removes a guy like Trout will be pretty dreadful here. And yeah, and uh, Adrian Beltre might even get a few more at-bats, kind of moving over to the Rangers' side. Uh, since the start of the week, it looks like they've had Beltre hitting out of the three spot, kind of swapping him in fielder a little bit. So, you know, not a major difference, but, you know, there's a slight chance he might get another at-bat in there. Uh, you never really know there. So, uh, 
So yeah, let's move on to uh, some of the other games on the slate. We've got an 8-10 Eastern first pitch here. Uh, we've got Adam Conley and the Marlins against Zach Davies and the Brewers. Now Davies, another uh, kind of middle-tier uh, type prospect. He did have some uh, some expectations coming into the season, but so far he struggled quite a bit. In the two games Davies has started, eight and a third innings pitch, giving up a total of uh, ten runs on seventeen hits. Nine of those runs earned. Fortunately, only one home run, so it's not like he's been victimized a lot by the the long ball. Is he someone that? You can see bouncing back, or are you, are you more geared towards the hitters in this uh, game that's in Milwaukee, Miller Park, another hitter-friendly stadium? Yeah, I actually like the bats in this one. I'm looking for a couple guys that can go yard. Miller Park's a good place to hit home runs. On the Milwaukee side, that pretty much means a guy like Ryan Braun, um, you know, right-handed bat going up against left-handed pitching, usually something he does well. Maybe even a Chris Carter, I think, is in a good spot for some home run upside in this game here. So those are the two guys I like on Milwaukee. Then on the Miami side, you know, same thing. I'm looking for guys that can uh, take Davies deep. I know he's supposed to be a pretty good prospect, but so far this season he's been getting lit up. So a guy like Giancarlo Stanton is always interesting to me. I like some of the left-handed bats against them. Uh, D. Gordon, you know, Kristen Yelich up at the top of that lineup there. I think that there's going to be a lot of runs scored in this game. I expect it to be a high-scoring one, so offense is the way to go. I'm staying away from the pitchers. Yeah, right on. And uh, yeah, just a couple comments on Chris Carter. Off to an amazing start here. Uh, typically known as a high strikeout guy. I mean, ever since he's entered the league, he's pretty much struck out as a cl- at a clip of over 30%. But he's down uh, 5% from last year to 27.6%. Got that uh, the BABIP 341 is helping him out. So you might want to ride that uh, while it lasts because, uh, you know, regression will eventually come there. But for now, you know, while he's hot, I think Chris Carter loves hitting in Miller Park, and he's definitely someone that you, you will consider riding in daily, you know, as long as that price there is uh, is reasonable here. Got another game in the Midwest here, 8, 10 p.m. Eastern start time here. We've got the Tigers and Michael Fulmer against the Twins, against Phil Hughes. Uh, Michael Fulmer making his uh, first start of the year here. Um, 23 years old, kind of coming up here. Uh, what are your thoughts on the pitching matchups in this game? Yeah, you know, Fulmer, I guess, would be kind of interesting if he's going to be at mid-price. He's supposed to be a pretty decent pitcher. He's close to a strikeout per inning in the minor leagues. He was in A and double A last year. This year, he's been in AAA for the beginning of the season, first couple starts. He's been okay. So I don't really know how it's going to translate to the majors. But we do know that this Minnesota team is one of the worst we have this year against right-handed pitching. They're not scoring a lot of runs. They got a low batting average. They're striking out at a pretty high clip. So that could be a pretty good spot for a cheap guy to roll out there and, and Fulmer, who I don't think anybody's going to be on. Yeah, right and on. That, Oop, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, then on the other side, you got Phil Hughes, who's an extreme fly ball pitcher. Mm-hmm against a, a lot of big bats in this Detroit offense. You know, I know it's a lot of righty-on-righty stuff, but Hughes has been, you know, hittable for right-handed bats. So Miguel Cabrera, J.D. Martinez, you know, maybe even Justin Upton, if he ever gets his act together, he's been struggling to start the year. Ian Kinsler, you know, a lot of big right-handed bats that uh, have some home run power. So I think it could be a tough spot here for Hughes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the Twins offense has struggled mightily to back him up quite a bit this year i mean striking out uh it's top 10 in the league 23 and a half percent clip there and uh i mean outside of joe mauer who seems to be turning back the clock five ten years to start there's been a lot of strikeouts and struggles to make contact in that twins lineup so uh something to watch there but yeah i do agree that uh Fulmer's a little bit intriguing for the tigers again probably want to reserve him for your tournaments your gpps there uh three mm-hmm. starts so far with triple a toledo uh given or er, he's given up 
eight runs, seven earned on 16 hits over 15 innings. Only walked five compared to 20 strikeouts. So at least the strikeout upside is there for Fulmer, giving him uh, at least a little bit of viability in tournaments. And, I mean, using one of those minimum price guys is just so huge because you can get all the rest of those hitters here stacked up. But let's move on to the next game here, uh, 8.15 p.m. Eastern first pitch here i keep wanting to say tip off because of nba but first pitch uh we've got another ace on the mound uh that's steven strasburg going against mike leak and the cardinals uh so nationals in st louis at bush stadium strasburg off to a 3-0 start on the year i mean can we compare him to the likes of uh liriano or kluber on there i think those three guys are going to end up on the top tier of pitchers looking uh at the entire slate for the for the day so uh i mean Cardinals typically a team that you know maybe doesn't strike out a ton, but and, you, and with Strasburg you're banking on a lot of strikeout upsides. Is he in play at least on Friday? Oh yeah, I mean if the three of them were the same price, I think I would probably take Strasburg even in this matchup with St. Louis because he's looked dominant to start the season. So you know people were a little worried because last year he was pitching, he was kind of banged up, and you know his numbers weren't as good as we had seen in the past. But the way he started this season off, he looks like he's going to be that dominant you know, starting pitcher again, where I think you can roll him out there pretty much regardless of matchup. So if the price was the same on the three, I would take Strasburg. I don't think it is going to be. I think Strass is going to be a little more expensive. So then at that point, you definitely have a question between him and Kluber and, you know, Liriano. I think Kluber is going to be the cheapest. So he's the guy that I like the most. Yeah, right on. And uh, any bats in there? Do you target Nationals bats at all against Mike Leak, who struggled quite a bit to start the season? Yeah, I mean, you want the lefties, so you're going with, uh, you know, Bryce Harper. I mean, nine home runs and, like, 67 at-bats to start the year. That's pretty good. I think he can he can be in any of my lineups. That's fine with me. And then, um, you know, Daniel Murphy, the other left-handed bat, uh, he's been hitting fifth in the lineup, so giving some protection to, to Harper. And I've been noticing that Harper's starting to get the Barry Bonds treatment. You know, they're they're walking this guy. He's He's winding up every game with two base on balls and, a, and one single and, you know, one for two with two base on balls. So he's not getting a lot of pitches to hit at this point, which means the guys behind them like Zimmerman and Murphy should be getting up in a lot of situations with runners on base. Yeah, right on six walks in the last seven days for Bryce Harper. So, yeah, that Barry Bonds treatment's definitely starting to come into play. At least to get a few points, I think, for a walk on uh, – fa- or I'm not entirely sure if you get points for a walk there. Uh, but, hey, something to uh, watch out for because – eventually somebody's going to pitch to him and uh, he'll get his without a doubt there so uh, let's move on to another game uh, one that I think is going to have a pretty high over under it's a uh, 9 40 p.m eastern first pitch we've got uh, the Rockies and Chris Rusin against the Diamondbacks and Robbie Ray now both of these pitchers off to pretty decent starts for the year and uh, I know the Rockies are outside of Coors Field but uh, Chase Field pretty hitter friendly stadium as well now the pitching matchup looks decent looks like we're gonna have some nice weather for the for the game is this something you look more towards uh, pitchers or hitters in this matchup oh no I'm all over the hitters in this one I mean in Arizona with two you know you're right they both have decent starts to the year but neither one of these guys you know, with somebody who I'm scared to take bats against. So I'm looking at a lot of bats here. We got two lefties that are going up. Uh, For Arizona, I mean, that means Goldie is going to be a guy who's in play, absolutely owns left-handed pitching. So I think that he's going to have a big day here. Uh, Segura at the top of the lineup has been hitting lefties well. Wellington Castillo, you know, at home in Arizona is always a threat for a home run. I like him as a 
cheap catching option, right-handed bat going up against a left-handed pitcher. So I'm looking at a bunch of these right-handed bats in Arizona. And then even on Colorado, uh, you know, a guy like Nolan Arenado, I think, is definitely in play against Robbie Ray. I think you could look at Story as another one of those guys. I know they're not in cores, but like you said, Arizona, Chase Fields, you know, that's a pretty good place to hit as well. So I think we're going to see a lot of runs in this game. So staying away from the pitchers and looking at a lot of the right-handed bats against these lefties. Yeah, exactly. Uh, with, the, with the road matchup for Colorado, maybe you can save a couple hundred dollars on some of those prices. But like you said, yeah, I'm all over those Arizona bats. Uh, you know, if you're looking for some value at least, maybe uh, watch Jake Lamb, who's hit uh, mm-hmm. second in the order uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday, and he's kind of – him and Drury are both occupying that, that spot a little bit. Drury mostly against left-handed pitching, though. And uh, watch for maybe David Peralta to sit something worthwhile, but Castillo off to a solid start to the year. And don't forget about Yasmani Tomas, who's got a pretty strong 896 OPS through his first 87 plate appearances of the season. So a lot of bats to like here in this matchup. Uh, heading further west here, we've got the Astros and Mike Fires against the Athletics and one of those big-time prospects that we've been talking about in Sean Manea here making uh, his first start of the season. Uh, now, Manea, is he someone you're considering in tournament plays, or are you maybe taking a wait-and-see approach with him? Well, he was one of those guys that I was saying I like him and I and I want to put him on the back burner because this is a tough matchup for a left-handed pitcher going up against Houston. You know, you got a guy like Jose Altuve who hit over 400 against lefties in 2014, had a Woba well over 400 last year against left-handed pitching. So he hits lefties well, followed by another big right-handed bat in Springer, followed by another big right-handed bat in Correa. Uh, you know, they might even move up Tyler White into the four spot, which I've seen them do against the lefty. So you have four big time right handed bats up there at the top of the order that all hit left handed pitching well. I don't think this is going to be a really easy spot for him. He could get some strikeouts towards the bottom of that order. You know, if he's going up against guys like Preston Tucker and, you know, Valbuena, Castro, some of the lefties down there at the bottom, I think he'll handle fine. But. It's not going to be easy to, for a left-handed pitcher to navigate the top of that Astros order. So I think I'll take a wait-and-see approach with the rookie here. Although, I'm telling you guys, you're going to, you know, if this guy, if he gets lit up here against Houston and he's cheap in his next start, I think that, you know, he's definitely a big-time prospect. Definitely somebody that you should have on your radar and use if you can get a better matchup out of him next time. Yeah, I mean, Manea is someone who you're absolutely getting your bids in on your season-long leagues for because I'm very optimistic about the overall outlook. Uh, but but again, like you said, uh, you know maybe a wait and see approach is best here, and see if you can buy low for his next start. Again, very small sample size of Triple Eight this year, but almost a 200 point differential between lefties and right-handers. Lefties hitting 0.77 against him in the minors, so pretty much a shutdown there. But there are a lot of Houston bats that you may want to uh, consider there because they're going to be tough obstacles for Manea. Mm-hmm. Let's on. Let's head on out to Seattle, where we have another ace on the mound. We've got King Felix and the Seattle Mariners hosting Chris Medlin and the Kansas City Royals. Now Medlin not quite off to the start that he would like to be. Felix a little bit, uh, a little bit better, but the record doesn't show it quite yet. I mean, Felix kind of creeps into that ace territory with the rest of those guys. Uh, but of course, you're going against the defending World Series bats, who uh, some, or some of those are real hot bats. Uh, thinking Hosmer in particular. Uh, are you targeting King Felix here, or you prefer to go to the other uh, aces on the slate? Yeah, I mean, I really like King Felix, but I don't think this is a soft matchup for him. You know, Kansas City struck out less than anybody else last season, so if you're paying up for a guy, an ace pitcher, you really want him to have a lot of strikeouts, and I just don't see it here. I think he'll pitch okay. I do think KC will get some hits off him, maybe put a couple runs up. 
you know, maybe three, somewhere in that range. I don't think he's going to get shelled, but I don't think it's going to be a huge upside start for Hernandez. So I'm not using him. I'm not using any Casey bats against him either, though. I wouldn't, I'd be okay with a couple of the Seattle bats going up against Medlin. Uh, the lefties, guys like Cano, I think are in play. You know, Nelson Cruz, his power plays even in righty-on-righty matchups, so he could be somebody else to consider. I don't like taking a lot of bats against KC because their bullpen is actually pretty good. So a guy like Medlin, I think, is only going to go about six, but then you're going to get some lights-out guys from that bullpen coming in to end the game. So, you know, I'm probably going to be staying away from most of the Seattle bats too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Medlin, a guy coming off uh, two Tommy Johns, hasn't really reached that uh, pre-surgery form quite yet. Now, he's had a little bit of bad luck here. The ERA, kind of a 4-4-4-5 to back that up. So maybe not as bad as it could be. But nonetheless, with a bullpen like Kansas City, there's really no reason to leave him in the game longer than need be. And uh, so you might as well just conserve those innings there while you can. Now, last game on the slate here, we've got the Padres. And uh, it looks like, who do we got? Cesar Vargas on the mound against the Dodgers and Alex Wood. Now, Alex Wood has been one of the big-time fantasy disappointments uh, for a lot of people this year in season-long leagues. Can he bounce back against the Padres team that is fifth in the majors in strikeout percentage, or are we looking uh, to avoid pitchers in this matchup altogether? Now, here's the thing that that I've been noticing in the early season, and, and it's going to be a good day to try to test this out. I feel like San Diego actually hits left-handed pitching pretty well. Now, we don't have a huge sample size of it this year, but they did go back to San Diego and knock around Francisco Liriano, and then they knocked around Jeff Locke in the next game after that. I'm pretty sure they knocked around Jorge De La Rosa, who's another lefty in Colorado earlier in the year. And if you look at this lineup, there's a lot of right-handed bats that can hit left-handed pitching well. You got guys in the middle of the order like Will Myers and uh, um, Matt Kemp, and even like uh, like the catcher like Derek Norris. Like these are guys that have always been able to hit left-handed pitching. So. I actually think this is going to be a really tough spot for Alex Wood. I don't think he's going to have a good game here at all. And I think that San Diego might actually be able to knock him around a little. Mm-hmm. On the other side, you know, Vargas is kind of a young pitcher. I think this is only like one of his first starts in the majors. Don't know too much about him. He looked pretty good. He is a right-hander. He's going to be going up against a very lefty-heavy Dodgers lineup. You know, Dodgers got some nice bats in the middle of that lineup as well. So I don't think it's a, really a great spot for him. Dodger Stadium, not really a place that a lot of runs are usually scored. But I can see this being like a 6-5 game where there's a little bit of offense. Neither one of the pitchers is somebody you want to use for fantasy. But I don't think that either one of these teams are teams I'd stack up. But there are some bats that I think are kind of interesting that I would use here. Yeah, spot on, Benny. I think there will be just enough offense to make fantasy owners want to maybe at least get a little bit of a share of this game. And uh, remember, take all this knowledge that you learned today to FanDuel.com, where building a team is easy. Just picking your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back, watch your team win. You can start off with entry fees at just $1. Anybody can play. Well, that'll do it for the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Again, brought to you by FanDuel, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. Remember that first-time FanDuel users that make a deposit of $25 or more via Rotowire can get six months of complimentary access. Otherwise, if you're an existing user and want to check out Rotowire.com on your own, just go to Rotowire.com slash pod. That is Rotowire.com slash pod. For Benny Riccardi, I'm Jake Letarski. The Rotowire Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast will return Saturday.